You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. So we see the sanctuary is all decked out in purple and white for communion. Purple for the Advent season. It's hard to believe that it's upon us already. I hope you're ready. I know that you are. I know I'm preaching to the choir most every Sunday, but it never hurts to be reminded that This is a time of preparation and readiness. This is a time when we need to get our act together if we don't have it already. It's a time when we need to refocus on what's important, what our priorities are in life. I know that's a tall order. Life is is so many different things to different people. But one thing is clear from our scriptures this morning is that we're not like everyone else in the world, we Christians. See, while the world focuses on the stuff of the world, we focus on the stuff of God. And that makes us, you and me, people of the light. We are made to be People of the light. There's a spiritual truth that humankind was created in the image and likeness of the Most High God. Despite what we see in the natural world, despite the horrific things people have shown themselves to be capable of, We were created by God to be whole, to be holy, to be good, and and not just good, but very good. In fact, Scripture tells us that we were created to be perfect. And because we were created that way, we are deep down in the very center of our being, drawn to the light. We are made to be people of the light. Turn to your neighbor. I know it's early, but turn to your neighbor and say, I am a person of the light. Amen. A person of the light. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah talks about walking in the light. Listen to what he says. This is Isaiah chapter 2, beginning uh, in the middle of verse 3. Through verse 5. Listen, he says, For the law will go out from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge between the nations, and will mediate for many peoples, and they will beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. Come, house of Jacob, and let's walk in the light 
of the Lord. What a great vision, a great prophecy Isaiah is speaking to us this morning that despite what we see out there, despite what's happening when we turn on the television and we see Israel at war and hostages uh, being kept against their will and who knows what all is going on in the, the province of Palestine at this particular moment, Despite all of that, Isaiah prophesies that there will come a day when the light will be prevalent in the world and it will vanquish the darkness. See, Isaiah is prophesying here about the coming Messiah and the transforming of the world by the coming Christ. The advent of Jesus Christ to the world as the babe in the manger, which will make ready for the second advent of Christ the King who will reign over the earth and all the people. The light of the Lord, the light of Christ, is the light of which we are speaking this morning. The light of love, the light of truth, the light of understanding, the light of just read the banners, peace, hope, joy, and love. And so we're talking about light, not just any light. We're talking about the genesis of light. We're talking about the source of light, the light of Christ. It's a major theme through the whole Bible. Not just the New Testament, but the Old and New Testaments. From Genesis to Revelation, the major theme is light. And not just light, but the light of Christ. The, the first verses of Genesis are such a powerful passage of Scripture. And it's, it's talking about far more than just the creation of the earth. Just remind you what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Do you have this image in your mind? Of darkness, of, of a lack of order and God speaks over it and creates order. God said, let there be light. Isn't it interesting that light is one of the first creations that God brought to his creation? to the newly created earth, the newly created heavens, he brought light into the darkness. God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. Now, when I say that that passage is talking about more than just the creation of the planets and the heavens, it's because each of us can experience a Genesis light moment. And as a result of that Genesis light experience, 
we can each become a new creation. The old things will pass away. Each of us, when we accept Jesus as Savior, experience a genesis. We are transformed from what we were to what God intended us to be in the first place. The Bible says his mercy and grace are new every morning. In the new light of a new day, his mercy and grace are new. Whatever you're dealing with in your current circumstances, if you allow the God of creation, the God of redemption, the God of light to bring about that Genesis light moment in your life, you too can have light. Because in the beginning, before we know Christ, just like Genesis talks about, we are the ones who are formless and void. Darkness covers us as we are in deep below the surface of the sin in which we find ourselves. What Genesis says, the Holy Spirit of God moves over the surface of the deep. That same deep sin where we're treading like mad to keep our heads out of water. You know, that, that, that deep that we all swim in from time to time. And just when we're going under, Maybe for the last time where all hope seems lost and we, we cry out to God. Not to some pie in the sky God that we don't know. No, we cry out to God, a familiar God, a God who is close to us. We call him Abba. We call him Father. Why do we call him that? Because that's who he is. Abba, it's a term of endearment for creator God. It's what, what children that speak the Hebrew tongue call their, their daddy. Abba. And so we cry out to Abba, Father God. And when we do that, when we reach up our hands to him for help, as we're sinking into that dark, deep, sin, life that we are entrapped in, that's when it happens. God says at that moment, let there be light. And there is light. God sees that the light is good and God separates the light from the darkness. He pulls us out. The Holy Spirit reaches down into that deep, dark water and grabs us by the hand. And he grabs us by the heart. And he points us to the light. He says, there it is. The light is Jesus Christ. You see that the Holy Spirit is always pointing you to the light of Christ. Always. Always leading you to the light of Christ. The Spirit shows us the light, and the light is Jesus. In John 8 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. 
He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, that's telling us that when we accept the light of Christ into our being, we become light. We are now the light of the world, Scripture says, and God sees us. Why? Because you can't not see light. And when he does, he sees that we are now good. We are now, through the light of Christ, acceptable to God the Father. When we decide to follow Jesus, we no longer walk in darkness, but we have the light of eternal life within us, and we are separated, Scripture tells us, once and for all from the darkness of our former hopeless existence. And that is the whole reason for Advent. Advent simply means coming. The reason that Jesus came was to bring the light into the darkness of broken humanity. And now that he has accomplished that, that illumination of the darkness, now that he's brought the light into the world by his advent into the world, it is now our responsibility, yours, mine, as the church to spread the light. And there's no time to waste. It is our time to rise to the dawn of the new light, to, to the new mercy and the new grace of the new day. We have work to do before Jesus returns. We have much to do before the second advent. And Paul in Romans 13 warns us that the time is short and that there is a sense of urgency about the mission that God has given each of us to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have a mission. I have a mission. Listen to what Paul says. He says, do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. Did you set an alarm to get up this morning? Did you hit snooze? Did, did you actually get out of bed later than what you intended to get up? Was it when you got up, was it past the hour that you were supposed to already be getting ready? Paul says, don't do that. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day is near. Therefore, let's rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and debauchery, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. See, there's an urgency that we need to get over the foolishness and get on with the business of the kingdom of God. Paul says we have to be ready for the second advent. We must ready ourselves so that we can ready others. How can we be a witness and a testimony to others if we have yet to get our own act together? Paul says, 
Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. It's, it's tempting to doze off, isn't it? And it's not just my sermon. It's life. We get busy. We get distracted. Now, you're not actually dozing off into a, a state of, of sleep, but what you're doing is you're paying attention to things that don't matter in the grand scheme of eternity. We all do it. We're distracted. We lose track of time, we doze off, and we're oblivious to God. In other words, we focus on things that are not of importance to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when we first believed. And Paul says we can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleepwalking and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Paul says, get out of bed, get dressed in the armor of God. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about, be busily readying yourself and readying others so that when he returns, we will not be caught napping. It's an interesting perspective that Paul's giving us, isn't it? We don't know when he's coming. Only the Father knows when Jesus is coming. Not even Jesus knows. If we don't know when he's coming, wouldn't it behoove us to be ready when he comes? That means we have to be ready all the time. Now, it may seem like a lot of work because it is. Why? Because the distractions of this earthly existence that we have been experiencing for all of our natural lives on this planet has lulled us into a false sense that everything is all right with the world. You have to have your head buried pretty deeply in the sand to believe that's true. Our little slice of safety and security can be shattered in an instant by forces that are far out of your control. I have seen it far too many times. I have experienced it far too many times. Don't get caught napping because nobody knows when he's coming. We know Jesus is coming back. We know he's returning. We just don't know when. But the gospel lesson for today from Mark 13, 24 through 37, tells us to watch for the signs. Listen to what Mark writes. 
But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from the heaven and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send forth the angels and will gather together his elect from the four winds, from the end of the earth to the end of heaven. Now learn the parable from the fig tree. As soon as its branch has become tender and sprouts its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near right at the door. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. So watch out and stay alert, for you do not know when the appointed time is. It is like a man away on a journey who, upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge, assigning to each one his task, also commanded the doorkeeper to stay alert. Therefore, stay alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning so that he does not come suddenly and find you asleep. What I say to you all, I say to all, stay alert. See, the thing is, Christ's return is bringing the light back with it. All the darkness in the world is going to be illuminated by the truth. Christ's return will shine the light of truth on everyone and everything equally. It will illuminate the admirable and it will cut through the darkness of the wicked and the ashamed. It will expose the honorable and the dishonorable. It will illuminate the righteous and the unrighteous. It will shine on the good, the bad, and the ugly. All will be seen for what and who they are in the light of Christ. When that light shines into your life, what do you want it to illuminate? What about you do you want illuminated? I would suggest that you want it to illuminate that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't it make sense for us then to be prepared? Doesn't it make sense for us to get right with God now? Doesn't it make just good sense to settle your differences with God, whatever they might be, to settle your differences with one another and to start living in the light? Because we are people of the light. That's how God created us. And people of the light shine the light of Christ into the darkness, just like a lighthouse leading the fallen and the broken to safety. See, both Paul and Mark in our gospel lesson are telling us that we need to be the light. 
We need to be, we need to be busily about the work of the kingdom. We need to be ready and we need to make others ready. That's our mission as the church. That's our purpose as the church, as the body of Christ. To know Christ and to make Christ known. Let's say that together. My purpose is to know Christ and to make Christ known. Doesn't get more simple or straightforward than that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.